we give them cookies. On Mother's Day, the fathers, we did bacon, and the mothers got jealous. So this morning, mothers, I'm eating a piece of bacon just for you. And so I hope you enjoy this bacon. It is amazing. You can't mess bacon up. You really can't unless you wrap it with an Oreo. Then it moves to the next level even better. Worship team, there's some more bacon right there in that little container if y'all want some. So hopefully y'all are having a good day. And I'm crunching in y'all's ears because it's good crunch. So um, hopefully we've just got one week left and we'll be back together. That's our prayer that tomorrow we say green light, we can go and start watching Facebook, social media, YouTube. We're going to be putting videos out. We're going to be mailing, emailing. Frank's got the smoke signals now. Mike's got the Morse code. Donnie's still practicing air guitar. We're going to get the word out on what it's going to look like to come back next week. Now, keep in mind, unless something changes, we don't come back to 75. So we'll have 75 at 8 o'clock worship, 75 at 9.15 worship, 75 at 10.30 worship. But we'll get you more details about that. But we are excited. And I don't know how I'm going to sit here and stare at that bacon and not finish crunching in y'all's ear the rest of the way. But uh, So I might have to stop in a minute and take a commercial break. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs 31. You know, I figured today would be a good day to end on a calm over chaos. And turn with me to Proverbs 31 and 2 Timothy 1. Proverbs 31, 2 Timothy 1. We've been talking about calm over chaos. And what better way to end than with mothers? Because don't they bring calm to chaos? You know, whenever you really look at it. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is, um, is the mothers and the impact that moms have on, our, on us and on our lives and stuff. And, you know, I can't help but go back to a story I, I, I heard a long time ago. And it was a, a young girl and a mom was teaching how to cook. And so the mom got the roast out of the icebox and seasoned it up and put the pot on the stove. And she cut the ends off the roast and put it in the pot. And the little girl said, Mom, why are you doing that? Mom said, I don't know. That's what my mom did. So the little girl, she couldn't let it go. So she called her grandma. She said, Grandma, she said, Mom, show me how to cook this roast. And she got it out and she took it out of the package and she seasoned it up and she cut the ends off. She put it in the pot. Why is she doing that? And the grandma said, I don't know, honey. I don't, that's, that's what my mom done. And so they was in a blessed family where they still had four generations. So the little grand granddaughter called the great-grandmother and she said she said mama she said why when my mom's teaching me how to cook this roast does she take it out season it cut the ends off put it in the pot and the great-grandmother said because honey the roast wouldn't fit in my pot see generations things go on and a lot of times you don't know why but that's the impact that ladies have on our lives because we'll do things just because they did it because that was the right thing to do so turn with me to Proverbs 31, and there's some of you probably at home right now that say, you know, I've been cutting the end off my roast and don't know why. You're wasting meat. Cook it. It'll fit in a pot. Proverbs 31, verse 10. It says, a wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Skip down with me. We're going to go to verse 25 now. And over the next verses, it goes on in Proverbs, and it tells of what, this, of what a mom does and what a lady does with her job and her you know, working outside the home and working in the home and doing things. But let's skip down to verse 25. It says, She is clothed with, clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with freedom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 
Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass, surpass, surpass them all. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now, Lord. Just say that we love you, Father, and I thank you for today. Father, and I thank you for this time that we can pause to worship you. And, Father, to thank you for our mothers. Father, for the impact that a lot of them has had on a lot of our lives. And so, Father, right now, I just ask that we just hear from you and you only. Father, I pray that our Internet works and, the, and people can hear in their homes. And, Father, that lives will be changed this morning. Son's name I pray. Amen. So I, before I get any further, we was getting text messages saying the, the audio was not good, and then the audio started working, and the frames was freezing, so the, the audio was, the, the visual part was not working. Close your eyes and just listen. Don't go to sleep. Just close your eyes and listen if your audio is working. You don't need to see me. Even though I'm strikingly good looking, pay attention to the audio right now. And so, you know, in Proverbs 31, you know, that lays out what it means to be a, a godly lady, not just a lady, but a godly lady. Because when you look at it, it says many, many women do noble things. You know, there's a lot of ladies that do a lot of good things. But you surpass, surpass, surpass them all. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. That's what's important. You know, ladies, when you're sold out to God, that's when the difference is going to be made. You know, when you go back through biblical culture, the, the moms is what raised the kids. They're the ones that had the day in and day out impact on the children. And so that's what the kids saw, and that's what they, they um, mimicked, and that's what they mirrored. And so turn with me over to, to um, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to be in verse 3. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. It says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as day and night I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of the sincere faith which you first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I'm persuaded now the lives, now lives in you also. You know, right here, Paul, the apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. And he's saying, I see something different in you because of your mother and your grandmother. I'm seeing a biblical, I'm seeing God in you because of what they modeled to you. I'm seeing God in you because of what they taught you. You know, and when you start thinking about it, you know, the Bible's real clear about their impact. And these women were given credit for the influence that they had in Timothy's life. And how cool it had, it had to have been for Timothy's mother Eunice for Paul to walk into the city and say, Timothy, you're about to become the next, next great preacher. You know, you're getting a four-chair turn because God's going to use you because of the influence that your mother and your grandmother had on you, and I'm going to finish teaching you and molding you to become one of the great pastors of our time. Wouldn't it be nice if every child thought of, the way, thought of their mother in a way that the Bible depicts their importance? Have you ever heard of this before? A, a, a four-year-old, to a four-year-old, the mama can do anything. To an eight-year-old, the mom knows a lot. To a 12-year-old, 
the mom doesn't know much of anything. To a 16-year-old, it's not worth asking the mom because they don't know. To an 18-year-old, the mother's way out of date. To a 25-year-old, the mom knows a thing or two. To a 35-year-old, it's probably best to consult mom on this issue. To a 50-year-old, some wish you they could consult their mom. To a 70-year-old, they often wonder what their mom would have said or done about this. You know, isn't that true? When you go through your life, isn't that true with your moms or with your dads or with anybody? You know, whenever you start looking at their, you know, at once they're your hero and then all at once they don't know nothing and they become their, your hero again. You know, and so how do you look, you know, and kids, you know, youth, listen to what I'm telling you. Don't be ashamed of your mom. Listen to your mom. She's lived it. She's done it. And she's got the T-shirt. But we need to pay attention and we need to be on point, you know. But moms, grandmas, ladies, think about this. What kind of influence and legacy are you leaving in the lives of your children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, your Sunday school classes, or the next generation? Your influence is greater and broader than you'll ever realize. The things that you do, the things that you don't do, the things that you say, the things that you don't say, your actions and reactions when you think nobody's paying attention, somebody's always watching. What's your legacy going to be? What's that legacy going to be whenever your kids look back and say, or your grandkids, or like I said, somebody sitting in your Sunday school class, there's lots of ladies that aren't moms, but you're sitting in leadership and you're sitting in, in places of, of um, authority and leadership. What is those people going to say about you? Are they going to say, wow, what a godly woman walked. What a godly woman did to change my life. Let's go back and walk through the Bible a little bit. Moses' mother, who was bold and courageous enough to take a risk so that Moses could live. You remember? She put him in a basket. She put him in a river. And she floated him down to Pharaoh's house so that he could live. Because she had that courage, Moses eventually became one of Israel's greatest and most faithful leaders. Go back and look up a lady named Deborah in the book of Judges who helped lead the entire nation of Israel into victory. What about Naomi, who helped Ruth find the one true God to where she would become part of the godly heritage in the kingly line of David and Christ? Consider Hannah, who begged and pleaded with God to give her a child with the promise to give him back to God. Hannah kept her promise, and Samuel would end up leading in Israel some of Israel's finest moments. Consider Mary, the mother of Jesus, who had great faith to bear a child as a young woman who was a virgin. And her son, Jesus, was not only the son of God, but also the savior of the world. What's outstanding about each of these women is the impact in the Bible, and their impact in the Bible is that all their stories are different. All of them, when you start going back through the Bible and you start looking at the ladies, none of them was a cookie cutter. There was not a poster of Mary on the wall that said, everybody needs to be like Mary. Because when you start looking, you look at Moses' mom, and you look at... at um, at Ruth and Naomi and Deborah and all those, you know, when you start looking at what they've done, all their stories are different. All of our stories are different. And right now I'm talking to everybody, not just the ladies. Men, boys, you know, guys, ladies, children. All of us are different. But God will use all of us. All of us have that circle of influence like Lois did and Eunice had in Timothy's life. You know, what if we become that godly influence with everybody that we come in contact with? What if someday, there's some of us sitting out here listening right now that'll never have kids, but yet you can have influence in somebody's life if you're obedient to God. 
when you make yourself available. I sat on a, on a good friend of mine's back porch this week, and we talked about that whole concept of availability. You know, sure, you can say you love God, and you know who God is, but if you don't make your life available to be used by him, then what are you really doing? So there's people, all of us, that we can have that obedience, and we can have that availability, and we can have that influence when we say, God, I love you. God, I trust you. And God, I'm going to do what you're calling me to do. You know, you've heard me say that a lot, a whole, whole lot about ministering where your shadow falls. Think about that. Think about your circle, the people that you're around. What are they seeing? Are they seeing God? Are they seeing something far from God? Because this is what I've always been taught. You lead two ways, and everybody's the leader. You're either leading to God or you're leading away from God. Do you hear me? You're either leading to God or you're leading away from God. So when you're ministering where your shadow falls and, and the people that you come in contact, because you're going to come in contact with Johnny, the people Johnny Morgan will never see. You're going to come in contact with people that I'll never have influence over. But you can have that influence. Are people going to look back and say, wow, Donnie Turner made an impact on my life. Caden Morgan made an impact on my life. Austin Robichaud made an impact on my life. And I can keep going around the room, only to 10, because there's only 10 of us. But think about it. Are you ministering where your shadow falls? What is your influence? You know, what are you doing? When you start looking at all of it, when you put it all into perspective, there's not one perfect candidate for anything because not everybody is called to be a great mom or a great dad. Not everybody's called to be a stay-at-home stay parent. You don't have to be a working parent. You don't have to be married. You don't have to be widowed. You don't have to be divorced. You don't have to be a biological parent at all. But God will use you. Do you hear what I'm telling you? God will use you. You can do any, God can do anything when somebody's fully consecrated to him. When you're completely sold out to him, you can do anything. Except for me, I can't work on the internet. This morning people are texting, hey, the audio is not working. This is not working. I don't understand all the gigabytes and frosted mini wheats or none of that stuff. But luckily we have two guys and people sitting at home that are trying to get all this figured out. But God can use all of us, right? But we have to sell out to him. You know, women are not empowered by what society, what society dictates. Women are not empowered by their home. Women are not empowered by their workplace. Girls and teens, you are not empowered by the clothes that you wear, the people that you hang out with. Girls and ladies and all people are empowered by their God-given worth. God has a plan and influence for every person and individual. What's God's plan of influence for you today? Are you fulfilling it? Have you got distracted from that plan? Are you even seeking his plan? Some of us get really distracted. Me and my wife, my wife laughs at me all the time because she'll call me and she'll say, hey, can you stop whenever you run in Dollar General and can you pick this and this? And when she hits that third thing, I say, text me because a squirrel's going to cross and I'm not going to remember a word you said. And so text it to me if you want me to remember. 
you know, we'll be sitting there and I'll ask her a question. And she's all right, that's number three. That's the third time I've told you that already. I think the first two times she sat in her head and she just won't say it, admit it. But, you know, squirrels cross all the time. We get distracted from what God's calling us to do. We get distracted from the will that he has for our life. But that, he wants us to do it. God loves us. God loves us. He sent his one and only son to live, to die, and to come back to life so that we can serve him and we can love him and we can worship him. Wasn't worship incredible today? And sure, you've been worshiping in your homes and you've been hanging out in your living room, some of you while you're driving down the road. But hopefully next week we'll be back in here together. But it don't matter because we're the church wherever we're at. So whether we're at home or we're at 35603 Cox Avenue, wherever we're at, we can worship and we can serve. But we have to be sold out. We have to be to the point in our life where we say, God, God, use me. God, use me. Because when you go back and you look right here and it says, it says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which was first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And you go back with me in Proverbs. Go back to Proverbs 31. And what's it say whenever we get to um, verse 30? Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Do we fear God? And I'm not talking about running and hiding in a corner. I'm talking about just fearing him in reverence. Do we want to serve him? Do we want to be there? We need to be available. What do you mean by available? We need to be available. Tomorrow morning, we're going to be boxing up hot dogs, 250 hot dogs and chips for Mighty Moms. That's a ministry that we've been helping the last several weeks. You know, What does it mean to be available? We're going to be doing virtual Sunday school in a few weeks. There's some of you sitting out there that can call Frank and say, hey, Brother Frank, I can help you put that together because that's my cup of tea. I know how to put videos together. I know how to do that. I can come up and act out some of this stuff. What does it mean to be available? Sometimes it means to be available just to sit by somebody and hug them and not say a word. Sometimes to be available means that you go pick up a dinner and you bring it to somebody and say, I love you. I love you. And God loves you. And you need to hear that today. What does it mean to be available? For some of us, it means to get in this word and fall head over heels in love with him. What does it mean? It means to fall in love with him and say, God, I'll do whatever you call me to do. Years and years and years ago, a good friend of mine, a man named Steve Hayes, had surrendered to become a mission builder. And basically, he was going to start building churches and wasn't going to be paid. And him and his wife, Miss Susan, went on the mission field helping churches build. Like this church has been used many, many times, mission builders, to build all the buildings on this campus. And I can remember Mr. Steve standing in front of that church and he looked out at everybody and he said, there's two words that can't come out of your mouth and that's no God. Because once you've said yes to God, once you've surrendered to God, we have no right to say no to what he's calling us to do. So what's our legacy going to be? Moms, what's your legacy going to be? Dads, what's your legacy going to be? People, what is your legacy going to be? Is it going to be a legacy where people look back and there was somebody that was so sold out to God that they never ever said no? It made no sense sometimes what they was doing. 
It made no sense for them to pick up everything they had and move to another country. It never made no sense for them to pick up what they had and move. It made no sense for them walking away from a job, making really good money and security to go into ministry. It made no sense for them to pay for that meal in front of them or behind them in, in the drive through line. It made no sense. But it made perfect sense to God because he calls us to minister where our shadow falls. He calls us to fear him. He calls us to love him. He calls us to say, yes, God. So today, are you going to say, yes, God? Today, are you going to say, yes, God? For some of you to say, yes, God, today what you need to do is say, God, I ask you for forgiveness. God, I need you to become the Lord of my life. Today's the day, May 10th, 2020, that I need to make you my Lord and Savior. For some of us, today's the day we need to surrender and we say, you know something, God, I prayed and I asked you to become the Lord of my life, but I've been running as hard and fast from you in the last several months or weeks, and today I know, sitting wherever I'm sitting, watching this over a camera, that I need to surrender. There's some of you sitting out there that know today that you need to make Live Oak Baptist your home. That needs to be your yes, God. I want to be part of a church that's going to put the feet of Jesus on the ground and minister to the community and to the world. I want to be part of a church that's not content with sitting and doing nothing. So this morning, what's your legacy going to be? Is it going to be yes, God? Or is it going to be no? No, I'm going to do what I want. God, I don't love you enough. God, I don't trust you enough. God, I don't fear you enough. So today, we're just going to do what I want. What are you going to do today? Father, we come to you right now, Lord. Just say that we love you, Father, and I thank you again for an amazing day. Father, I thank you for just a time just to come and worship you, Father, a time to where, Father, we can just put everything at your feet. Father, don't matter what's happened in the week past or this morning, Father, but right now, Father, we've focused on you. And, Father, we've heard your word. Father, we've heard you through song. We've heard you through, through the, the scripture. Father, and today there's some of us that need to say yes, God. Father, some of us that need to say yes. Father, forgive me. Father, become the Lord of my life. Father, some of us that need to say yes, God, I'm turning back to you. Father, and I'm asking you for forgiveness. Father, and I want to rededicate my life. Father, and I want to, Father, put you at the very top and start ministering where my shadow falls. Father, some of us sitting out there today that they need to they need to um, say, yes, I want to become an active member of Live Oak Baptist Church. I want to be part of a church that's not content with standing still. I want to be part of a church that's living it every day. Whether it's cooking hot dogs, cutting trees, painting walls, standing in a circle praying. Father, but they're doing it. So, Father, I just ask you, just show us our hearts. Father, show us deep inside our hearts, Father. Father, show us the compartments that only you can show us. Father, the things that we need to take out of our lives. Father, so that we can have that legacy. Father, so we can have that legacy of where people look back, they can say they sold out and said, yes, God. Father, we love you. Father, we love you. So right now, I'm going to ask you to respond. Text me. Text one of the staff. Talk to somebody in your family. Shoot us a message on Facebook. 
email us. Reach out and say, we need to do this. God told me today that I need to start my legacy in him today. Because remember, an indecision is a decision. Whenever we put it off, we're saying, no, God. 